The following is an encore presentation of Show Me the Money. Some references may be dated. We'll have a new show next week. For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your Show Me the Money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy Floyd and Jake Floyd, founders and presidents of Floyd Financial Group. Randy and Jake, how you doing today? Very well, Jeff. How about you? I am doing fantastic today. Thank you so much for asking. Glad to be here with the people of Springfield, Missouri, and the last bastion of sanity, as we've uh, talked about here. Boy, I tell you what, we could use some sanity across the uh, world at this point, and uh, particularly in the market today. One of the things we're going to be talking about is something that we've talked about before, Randy and Jake, and that is market volatility. You know, we've talked about why retiring during a volatile time can be a little more challenging than during calm times. And I know that there is a retirement red zone that's uh, five years before you retire and five years after. But let's start off by uh, talking about market volatility. You know, we saw market highs in 2021, but now we're seeing volatility. A major market correction around the time of your retirement could be a disaster if you're not prepared. So let's talk about some of the strategies for handling that market volatility, Randy. Sure thing. So a couple of things, Jeff. Number one, I would say the most important thing is to have a plan. And when you develop that plan, what we like to do is figure out, okay, we want this plan to work in all kinds of financial weather. So we don't want to depend on the market being able to go straight up for us to make it. We don't want to to go too conservatively to where we can't make any money when markets are working. So we need to find a balance in the middle somewhere. So one of the things that some people say is, well, then what you're doing really is you're just timing the market, right? Well, No, timing the market is a very difficult thing to do, and people that have tried to do it and tried to do it have learned that it's nearly impossible. And one of the things that's evidence of that is if you were to go back and look over history the last 50 years or so, if you were to have missed just, you know, 10 of the best days, uh, you know, of the market when it was really soaring or really falling off, you know, you've just had a tremendous difference in the outcome. So staying invested is important, but not being too aggressive, not being too conservative. Both sides of that can be problematic. As you know, we've seen here over the last few years, Jeff, I mean, interest rates for fixed accounts are ultra low. Banks have paid as little as zero for money market accounts, 20 basis points. We've had CDs at a half percent. And when it comes to having a plan, you know, most people simply don't have one. Having a brokerage account or a 401k by itself is not a plan. We don't want to just throw the money in the market and hope for the best. We want to have, again, a step-by-step plan that says, okay, if this happens, here's what we're going to do, and here's how it can work, regardless of whether the market goes straight up. If the market goes straight up, everybody's going to be good anyway. But what happens when we have a prolonged period of market weakness or sideways movement? We have to be prepared for that and have a plan for that. Randy, Jake, you've been in this business for a lot of years. I'm sure that you have seen market volatility and you've seen people retire during volatile markets. Is it impossible to retire during a volatile market? Or uh, as my old Spanish teacher used to tell me in class, this too shall pass. Absolutely. This too shall pass, Jeff. 
And yes, you can retire during any type of a market. And you know, during COVID, when things were kind of blowing up, we had lots of people coming in still retiring saying, Randy, are you sure we can do this? Can we retire now like we wanted to and like we planned to? And yes, based on the plans that we had set up and the plans we did set up, those people are fine today. We withstood that market volatility through COVID. And then, of course, the markets rallied back in many cases. And the blending strategies that we do for most of our clients have performed very well over this time frame. Now, you know, it's been a rough time for stocks. It's been a rough time for bonds. You know, bonds are one of those things that's very difficult to invest in right now because the future of interest rates looks to be up. And any bond we would buy today would get devalued because of the inverse relationship to interest rates and the price or what your bond is actually worth. So again, having a plan and being able to stick to it is really something that's crucial. And I would also say this, having a plan and monitoring that plan, not just park it, set it, and forget it. Because things change as time goes on. Absolutely. Things change every day. We wake up in a brand new world every day. And with the advent of algorithms for certain computerized investments and the fact that everybody knows what happened in Ukraine or anywhere in within five minutes of when it happened due to the internet and cell phones and Twitter, Facebook, all the uh, Instagram, all the things that are out there, things move very quickly and change very quickly. And of course, the newly available Truth Social by Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we, we've got a lot of moving parts out there. But again, the biggest thing I'd say is have a plan. Be sure that you have someone to monitor it. Most people are not disciplined enough to do it on their own because, hey, they're still working. Or if they're not working, they're retired and they're off, you know, on the slope skiing right, right now or right. they're traveling and doing things. You know, we had a couple, this is kind of a funny story, had a couple a few years back, came retirement time and Uh, We had them all lined out. We got their Social Security started. We got all their IRAs and everything, their 401ks rolled over. We started an income stream. And so they come in and we're just kind of putting the finishing touches on everything. And the husband looks at me and says, man, I got my motor home. <laughs> he says, you know, I got this big dish thing up on the on the side there. I've got my, a new laptop to go in my here with me. And I can watch the market and trade every day if I want to. His wife looked at me and said, then I'm not going. (laughs) what she said. And so anyway, um, you know, we don't want people to be in that situation where they feel like they have to be looking over their shoulder all the time to figure out, you know, what's going on. That's what they hire us to do. The other thing I would say is uh, what a lot of folks do, and it's kind of uh, the industry, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's something that happens throughout this industry. People tend to chase returns. So if you're going to pick a mutual fund, they go out and they say, hey, this one's done really well over the last, you know, two years, five years, 10 years or whatever. I mean, when we look at going out and looking at, you know, how things have done recently or how things have done historically, does not always mean they're going to do the same thing looking forward. Markets change. Certain sectors of the economy come into favor and go out of favor. So chasing returns is not a way to do it. What we try to do is look forward and figure out where markets are going not only from a perspective of we want to grow our money, but also we want to protect our money. So it's a two-edged sword, and it's something that takes a lot of discipline and a lot of work to really do on a day-to-day basis. So the takeaway here is to have a comprehensive plan and one that is built to withstand any sort of market volatility. 
And despite all that, despite the optimism, Randy and Jake, I mean, there are still people listening to this who are going to say, well, you know, the market is just too volatile. I don't care what the guy said. I just don't want to be in the market. Can you have a successful retirement and a good retirement plan, either just very little in the market or not in the market at all? So when it comes to uh, retiring and using the stock market, I think that it's important to have, there's basically three aspects to any given investment. There's a growth component, there's a liquidity component, and there's a safety or lack thereof component. And no one investment checks all those boxes that it grows a lot and is safe and is completely liquid. And so we have to decide what portion of each of those is important to each individual person. And the stock market does grow and it is liquid. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people use it is because they can get to that money pretty much anytime that they want. But it does not protect money as well as some other investment tools. And when it comes to retirement and having a successful retirement, probably the number one thing you need is to not have a big, big drawdown in your account while you start spending money. Because when all the time that you're accumulating money, it doesn't really matter the route that the balance takes to get to your retirement point, right? It could be it could be down, 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 and then up right before you retire, and it's good. Or it could be way, way up, and then down a little bit before you retire. It doesn't matter the route that you take to get there. But once, we call that sequence of returns. Mm -hmm. But the sequence of returns risk once you retire is totally different because as you start to draw money out, let's say you're taking a 5% withdrawal. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we start taking 5% withdrawal. As long as we're making 5 plus percent, uh, we don't even spend our money down. But what happens when the market dives 50%? Now how much are you taking? Because we don't want to adjust our lifestyle to the market conditions. So now we're taking a 10% withdrawal, which is way too much money. It'll be very difficult to get back to even. So we need to have a way to mitigate risk and put a cap, a downside cap, if you will, on some of these losses so that we don't get too far into our principal during market volatility. Randy and Jake, you've been in business there at Floyd Financial Group for a long period of time, and I'm sure that you've seen a lot of volatile times. Do you have an example, or can you tell me about someone or a client or people who have retired during volatile times and done it successfully? I mean, just because we have a volatile market does not mean that you're not going to be able to retire and do the things that you wanted to do. Right, Jeff. We have seen a lot of different times here, you know, from 2000 through 2002. And then we had the financial crisis back in 7, 8, and 9. And then we've had, of course, little moments of interest rate hikes and spikes along the way. And then we had COVID. And then here we are with the uh, current situation with interest rates being ultra low, wars and rumors of war. <laughs> All those different things we have played through. And what we found is there's ways to devise and develop portfolios that work in all kinds of financial weather. So one thing that I think is important, and I'm going to kind of revert back to what you asked, is it possible for someone to retire without having money in the market? It's certainly possible. I'm not sure that it's the best outcome, but it is certainly possible for people to do. It's determined by a couple of things, though. How much money do you have saved? How much money do you need to live on? Or what do you want, you know, for your retirement income when you do retire. But there's a key point here that I think is important for people to understand. We talk about risk all the time, and people see risk as loss. 
But really, I think what's more important, the way we invest money here at Floyd Financial Group, if we're going out to build a stock portfolio for a portion of someone's money, uh, we're going to look at companies that are not really what I would call risky. They may be volatile because the market itself is volatile. You know, it goes up and down. Certain sectors come in and out of favor. But let me give you an example. So like if I'm going to invest in a technology company, do you think Google and Facebook, Microsoft, mm-hmm. uh, are those companies going out of business? I Apple, don't are they going so. out of business next year? <laughs> don't I don't think so. think so. Yeah. Most of those are cash cows. They have lots of money. They're not going to go out of business. Now, do stocks go up and down? You know, Facebook, which is now Meta, you know, recently lost 25% of its value. Is it going to go out of business? No. Do we like the fact that it lost 25% of its value? No, it was kind of a, it's an anomaly, if anything, there, because they changed their name and they're looking at investing in this thing called the metaverse, which is a conversation for a whole other time here, probably. But the long and the short of it is what we do here is we build portfolios that meet the client where they need to be to generate the income that they're looking to have in retirement. And we want to do that with the least amount of risk or slash volatility as we can do is make sure we meet people with their volatility standard. In other words, what is comfortable for them? And that's how we build portfolios here because the worst thing in the world that can happen, and this happened to people in 2000 and again in 2007, 8, and 9, people jumped out of the market at the very worst time. They were hurt. They were damaged. They got back in at the wrong time, and now they're saying, all right, I'm never doing this deal again. So it's our job to meet people where they are, help them understand volatility and how their portfolio is going to perform in all kinds of financial weather. That is success in a financial plan because those people can now go home lay their head on their pillow at night and sleep. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group about market volatility and retiring during a volatile market. And the takeaway here has been to have a plan. Well, coincidentally, if you would like a comprehensive financial plan with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group, maybe you want to get in, sit down and tell them your story and your dreams, your aspirations for retirement. See if they can put together a plan for you, offering it at no cost, no obligation. To get yours, call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. And as always, you can request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Randy and Jake, we're going to take a a quick break. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Hi, this is Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group. If you're over 59 and a half and have the bulk of your savings in a 401k plan, you're going to want to hear this. We're big fans of 401k plans, but when you get close to retirement, they might not be the right investment for you. While they offer great tax advantages in your working years, they also come with big tax bills potentially when you start taking withdrawals. By nature, 401k plans are designed for a younger, more risk-tolerant workforce, not someone nearing retirement. That means if the market should take a tumble, your 401k plan might not have the kind of protection that you need. Here's the great news. If you're 59 and a half or older, you can likely move your current 401k plan to a more suitable investment without penalty. Call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to learn how, or you can request an appointment through floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com or call 417-889-7233. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about how much will you pay in taxes during retirement? And Randy and Jake, you know, today's retiree may need to worry about taxes more than those of the past. You may have a substantial amount saved in a tax-deferred retirement account, and you may rely on your investment gains or income-producing assets in retirement, and even your Social Security benefit could be taxed. Taxes could actually be one of your biggest expenses in retirement. You know, if you're paying more than you have to in taxes in retirement. So I guess the first question, Randy and Jake, are people misunderstanding about how much money that they're going to be needing to allocate for taxes in retirement? Do they underestimate that? You know, here's what I would say, Jeff. I don't know that they underestimate it. I think, like you just kind of alluded to here, I think it's a vastly misunderstood subject. So let's talk about it for a minute. There's a lot of people even today, that think that Social Security is not taxed. They think that Social Security is not taxed once you reach a certain age. I had someone here a couple months ago. They said, well, now, once I hit age 70, I don't pay taxes anymore, right? (laughs) I said, well, no, not really. I just said it depends on how much income you have coming in. But again, it's not their fault. It's just that we don't do a very good job in this country of educating people as a rule on how taxes and things work. So let's just kind of talk about when we're working the taxes we pay. So we pay, of course, federal income tax. We pay state income tax tax. We pay Medicare. We pay Medicaid. If we are pretty well-to-do, we may even pay an investment tax of an additional 3% on top of that. So there's just a lot of things we're funding. You know, your employer funds half of Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, and you fund the other half of that. So when one retires, most likely your tax bill is going to go down because you're no longer funding Medicare, Medicaid, and half of Social Security. So that's going to go down some. Now, there are those folks that when they retire, they actually have more income than when they were working. And some of those are people that we see that were in government jobs where when they retire, man, it's almost like hey, we get to retire and we get a raise. Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> you know, so those people, it may be a little different scenario, but I would say for most people at the same income level, they're going to pay slightly less taxes. And then again, most people too are going to probably live on slightly less, not a lot as a rule, but slightly less than what they're used to living on now in retirement. And that may be due to the fact that they finally paid off their student debt or their kids' student debt. They paid off a home or a business, that sort of thing. And so that's why, generally speaking, people are going to pay a little less. I would say the average person, Jeff, probably needs roughly 75 or 80% of their working income Mm -hmm. in retirement. You're going to pay substantially less tax in most situations. One One of the things people are concerned about, too, is potentially taxes going up. And I think it's very unlikely that for the bottom... 90%, 95% of earners that taxes are going to go up anytime soon. In fact, even a couple of weeks ago at Biden's State of the Union address, he talked about that he promised, for whatever that's worth, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he promised (laughs) that people earning $400,000 and less in income will not pay one red cent more in taxes as long as he's there. So again, while while I'm not inclined to uh, trust everything he says, I do think that he is really wanting to tax assets, people that have substantial assets and people who have substantial, huge incomes, he's going to really focus on them more, I think, than the everyday person in Springfield, Missouri. Well, you know, as you said, he said, as long as I'm here, and that may not be as long as he would like it to be. (laughs) His approval ratings are not exactly through the roof at this point, but still, we have to count on rising taxes here in retirement. 
Let's back up and talk a little bit about Social Security. Randy, you mentioned that there's so many misconceptions about taxation on Social Security, and I'm surprised that you sometimes will get people in there who think that, well, I have heard that I'm going to be paying 85% tax on my Social Security. There are a lot of myths out there, right? Oh, absolutely. I had a guy, in fact, just about maybe three or four weeks ago now, I had a guy call and said, hey, man, I'm going to have to raise what you're withholding on taxes because they're telling me i got to pay 85%. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, you're going to pay on 85%, and then we find the tax bracket you fall within. So speaking of Social Security, let's talk about a couple of the nuts and bolts of that. All right. So to get to where 85% of your Social Security is taxed, If you're a married person and you are $44,000 a year in income or higher or $34,000 as a single, you will hit that 85% of your Social Security going in to figure your taxable income. If you keep it below $24,000 and $32,000, you get some breaks and you don't pay 85%. It's 50%. and Then you eventually get to zero if your income is low enough. One of the things we always talk about here is, you know, how do do we blend maybe retirement income with income from a brokerage account? In other words, an IRA versus a brokerage account where that may be capital gains and dividends. If we keep our income in the right brackets, we can pay maybe no tax on dividend income and maybe no tax on capital gain and only have to pay on the IRA. And it may be that we can keep our social security tax down under the, where it's maybe 50% or maybe even zero that gets taxed. Not that, not that it's tax. that is the tax. That's what gets subject to tax. So there's a lot of ways to engineer income. And so as we look at these things, we always want to take into account what tax bracket we're going to fall into. And, you know, the the difference is, here's what we have. We have at the base level for a married couple on roughly the first $20,000 of income, you pay 10% tax. Then on that 20 to about 88, I think it is now, you pay 12% tax. But once you go above that 88, the next bracket is 22. Hmm. So it's a 10% bump. So what we like to do is try to keep people in that 12% bracket as much as we can. Now, for some people, they say, Randy, I'm not going to live on that little. I need a lot more than that. Bear in mind that to stay in that 12% tax bracket for most married couples, we can have over $100,000 a year in income and still stay in that tax bracket. So tax planning is something we always look at for everybody here. And it is an important piece. We have some people that once they've retired, they say, hey, we're about to sell a big chunk of land. We're going to sell a farm. We're going to sell a rent house. We're going to sell several rent houses. So uh, taxability of all those assets and the recapture on things that have been depreciated, we always have to look at all of those things. And we do to help people kind of navigate that. And as you know, we have Rod Link in the building that can help us through linked tax solutions. That's right. Rod is uh, part of the team there, Floyd Financial Group. Tax is such an important part of a retirement plan. You know, when you talk about distributions from retirement accounts, are those taxed differently depending upon what they are? Well, what it really amounts to is, you know, if we have a Roth IRA, or maybe we had a Roth 401k that's been converted to a Roth IRA, uh, and as long as that's been open for five years, we get to take all of the distributions out of there tax-free. If it's a traditional IRA, you know, or if it's if it's interest off of a bond, unless it's a municipal bond, all those things are taxed the same way. Those are ordinary income tax. Capital gains today, if we have an asset we've held longer than 12 months, falls under long-term capital gains and has a special tax treatment. And for most people, that's between zero and 15%. If you have a really large capital gain north of about 500,000, it can go to 20% for the Fed, 6% for the state of Missouri. And you might still have that investment tax of an additional 3% on top. 
But as you can see, it gets a little bit convoluted as you start, start <laughs> yeah. to go through this. God bless Rod Link. That man's worth his weight in gold at this time of the year. Actually, <laughs> all times of the year, because tax day, and I think we have a commercial about it. You know, tax day is not just April 15th, in this case, April 18th, but tax day is pretty much every day, right? Oh, absolutely it is, and we want to plan ahead of time. It's funny, Rod has told me before, he says, you know, people come in, they drop this box of papers in front of me and say, be gentle. And he said, I hate to tell them, but it's a foregone conclusion, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do not do... Just, that's just the day you pay for all the decisions yeah. you made the rest of the year. <laughs> do not do that to your tax preparer. I always try to be gentle with mine by having everything all lined up in a row, and it just, you know, makes it so, so easy. I've heard of people coming in on, you know, April 14th or 13th or whatever, and dropping a box full of receipts on there and letting the tax preparer sort through all that stuff. Do not do that to your tax preparer. I think we should have Tax Preparer Appreciation Day, and it should be April 16th of every year. We're talking about tax minimization strategies with uh, Randy and Jacob Floyd Financial Group. Is it a good strategy to look ahead at income distributions, Randy and Jake, and maybe try to bump those into different years or different times to minimize taxes, sort of level-loading income? Absolutely. And uh, this kind of plays back into uh, the tax bracket situation that Randy was describing. So while it's unfortunate that we have this gigantic gap so low in the income equation where he was talking about that it goes from 12% to 22% uh, immediately in the 80,000 range, it does afford us some very interesting tax planning solutions. So if you're somebody who makes a little bit less income in retirement, let's say you make 50000 a year, one of the things that we can do is we can convert some IRA money to Roth or to non-qualified money, meaning after-tax money, and kind of do what we call bracket bumping, meaning we take as much as we can without going to the next bracket. And so that's something that's a that's a unique planning opportunity, but it absolutely matters. And sometimes we'll get accounts that transfer into us to manage where people are making a change. And actually, just yesterday, we had a conversation about this, that we're going to transfer those assets over. And once they get here, we're going to look at cost basis or what they paid for these investments to be careful so that we don't just liquidate everything and cause them a big tax burden. So sometimes this will happen around November and we'll say, hey. You know, we don't really like some of these positions as much, but we're going to hold some of them until after the first of the year. We'll liquidate some this year and some next year to spread the tax burden out so we're not just paying a huge amount in taxes. Another thing that people don't think about a lot of the time is if you're under 65 and you realize a bunch of capital gain or take a bunch of distributions out of an IRA, it's not only going to affect your tax bracket, but, you're, but it's also going to affect if you're on the exchange using Obamacare, it's going to affect how mm -hmm. much your subsidy is. It could cost you hundreds of dollars a month making a mistake there. Uh, if you're Medicare age, it affects the cost of Medicare Part B. And uh, you know we've had situations where somebody liquidated highly appreciated assets and you know it took their medicare part b from 100 and at the time it was 140 something dollars a month to like 700 dollars wow. a month for a year because yeah. of a consequence of a of a poorly timed decision and just an uninformed decision it's not it's not people's fault it's just that our tax code is not very intuitive it doesn't make sense it's not that people don't understand it's that it's that it's just it's poorly written and it's a conglomerate of you know 150 200 years of laws that have <laughs> just been compiled on each other. You know, the tax code is well in excess of 10,000 pages. 
I mean, you thought War and Peace was a big book. I mean, try taking a look at the tax code. War and Peace is a lot easier to understand, though. We're talking about tax minimization <laughs> strategies with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group. Of course, Rod Link is on the team there, too. Tax strategy is so important when designing a retirement plan. Once again, you're listening to this program, and Randy and Jake obviously know what they're talking about. If you'd like to get in and have a brief conversation with these guys, maybe talk about your tax situation, maybe get a complimentary retirement review if you've already got a plan. If you don't have a plan, you can get a plan with them. No cost, no obligation to sort of kick the tires for you a little bit there and see what Randy and Jake can do for you. To get your complimentary plan, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also go to the website, Vet the Firm, and request your plan there at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. Thank you so much for making this a part of your weekend. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show right here. Don't go away. We're on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Do you know who your financial advisor is really working for? It may not be you. Do you know if they're a fiduciary? Randy Floyd Floyd Financial Group is a registered investment advisor, and his firm is proud to be fiduciaries, which means they're legally bound to serve you and your best interests above their own. Advisors working for retail banks are held to a suitability standard, meaning their first legal obligation is to protect the banks they work for, and maybe not you. At Floyd Financial Group, now more than ever, they're concerned about protecting your savings rather than taking more risk than you'd like to take in the stock market. At Floyd Financial Group, as fiduciaries, they're committed to your future and overall financial well-being, not to shareholders. If you're not sure who your financial advisor is working for, call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to schedule a no-obligation complimentary review of your financial plan. Find out more about the firm at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd today, and we've been talking about taxes in retirement. And one of the things we get all the time is, hey, there's some things we can do maybe to reduce taxes in the future, such as maybe converting to a Roth or different things. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about in this segment. And, you know, I always ask the question, if you knew you had to buy something and it was on sale right now, would you buy it or would you wait until later when it costs more? We know that taxes are going up, but we don't necessarily know it, but we have a strong feeling that taxes are going to be going up. Right now, they are on sale. You could end up paying more in the future if we see policy changes, including higher taxes. But how exactly do you take advantage of today's tax laws, Randy and Jake? Sure. So, you know, one of the questions we get asked all the time is people come in and they've got large retirement accounts. Let me say this, you know, probably 70 to 75 percent of the money that people at or near retirement that money is in traditional IRAs. In other words, money that's never been taxed. Now, we've seen the Roth catch traction over the the last few years quite a little bit more. But I would still say, again, as I look at all the retirement money that comes in through our doors here, I'll bet you the Roth money doesn't even come close to 20% of the total dollars that come in here, which we know then that leaves most of that money taxable. So one of the big questions we get all the time, Randy, should I convert my traditional IRA or my 401k to a Roth? And then the second question is, while people are working, should I be funding a Roth or a traditional? So I'm going to kind of answer both of those questions. So number one, on the Roth IRA, I would say if you are 50 to 60, 
there may be a good chance that it could make sense. I'm not saying that it will, that it could make sense to go ahead and start to convert money to a Roth IRA. Now, here's why I say that. You need a good length of time to do that conversion so we don't have to jump up into a higher tax bracket. We sometimes have people come in and say, hey, you know, I got a million dollars over here and I want to convert this over the next two years to a Roth. Well, all of a sudden you put yourself where you're paying 40% tax which now means you got 40% less to draw from. So unless your tax bracket in retirement is going to be 40%, all you did was prepay the taxes and hurt yourself and hurt your earnings for the long haul. So if you have time to do it over 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, that way we can many times keep you in the same tax bracket, not jump to a higher one and not have to hurt ourselves. And we might really have an advantage in today's world on the tax side of things. Another thing that you can think about too is depending on whether you're planning to spend all of your money as you're looking at retirement income. Some people don't need all the money that they have accumulated and it's going to go to their kids or other beneficiaries. So one thing you got to think about there is, let's say we have a large IRA, and if it passes to their son or their daughter, what does their income look like? What does their tax bracket look like? Because under the SECURE Act, you got to love that they call it the SECURE Act, <laughs> but um, yeah. under the SECURE Act, they have to take that money out over a 10-year period. And mm -hmm. if they have a substantially higher tax bracket, which is likely than their parents, it could make sense to have a strategy to pay some or all of those taxes before it passes to the children because it's simply less dollars overall. Now, again, that's only in a situation where you're not planning to spend the majority of the money. But if you are for sure going to pass it, that's definitely something you want to take into consideration. Gentlemen, is there ever an occasion where it would not be a good idea to convert a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA? Absolutely, Jeff. Um, I will tell you that I kind of alluded to it earlier that many times people come in and they want to do it over a two or three year period. And, you know, they're just going to pay so much additional in taxes. It's really hard to ever catch up or make up what you've given to the government. Now, one thing that you have to remember, too, once you pay taxes to the government, when are they going to send that back to you? <laughs> yeah, they're not. So <laughs> that money is gone for good. So I always tell people based on what your income is today, if you're not retired yet, and how much you have that you want to convert, we look at several scenarios doing that. And it could be that you need the tax break more today than you will need it in retirement. Now, nobody can project exactly what taxes will be in the future. But I do know this, for most people, you know, if you're going to be living on $100,000 or less in retirement per year. Now, I know we live here in a very sheltered area. There's lots of people, I guess, around the world that have four and $500,000 a year in income. And they'd starve to death on 100000 <laughs> But yeah. for what I would call us mere mortal Americans <laughs> right, right. around here, at $100,000, uh, maybe 110000 and less, you're not probably going to be paying more taxes than you were when you were working, especially if you have a pretty good size salary. And, you know, Jeff, wages are way up all around this country. Oh, yeah. You know, people uh, that were making 50000 two years ago are making eighty and and 100000 now. 
So when we start looking at how that equates to maybe what they're saving, hopefully, and what they're going to have in their retirement accounts that maybe they didn't have before, they might need the tax break today. If you're a single person making $100,000 a year, you're going to pay 30 plus percent in taxes now. You may not be paying that much in retirement. So it's just one of those things that every situation is different. We have to look at each person's situation, you know, one-on-one. There's no blanket solution for this. And I want to be sure people understand that there is no blanket solution where, hey, convert to a Roth is a thing to do. There's also no blanket solution that says I should be funding a Roth or I should be funding a traditional. We just have to look at everybody's situation. And that situation can change based on income, jobs, and all those things that can come into play. There's so many factors. Yeah, Randy, you were talking about people making more money. And I saw an article just before we went on the air today that even babysitters these days... They're getting a, upwards of $20 an hour just to sit there and spend some time with your kids. So, you know, yeah. wages are and on the rise. On, and let's be honest, they're just <laughs> texting their friends. Probably that's what they're doing while the kid is just, you know, they're watching TV while the kid is asleep yeah. in the other room. But, you know, wages are rising, but still surprisingly. And it's frustrating that I'll go buy businesses and want to go into a place these days and the place is closed because despite these higher wages, they still can't find anybody to work. Is right. is is that, is that your experience with these businesses too? Sure, it's still going on. You know, back to the babysitting thing, it's kind of funny. I was sitting talking with a young lady here just a day or two ago in my office, and we were talking about a budget, and one of her largest expenses was child care. Mm-hmm. And she has one child. She has one child, <laughs> you know, and her largest expense you know. is child care. That's interesting. Yeah, I saw recently that across America that now for an infant, for one infant, the cost is now over $10,000 a year. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to keep that in mind. I just, I, you know, I haven't told you guys this. I just became a grandfather again last night. So, uh, wow. yeah. Wow. So our first. Well, get your checkbook ready. There, you get the checkbook ready. Yeah, so the first grandson. But we'll keep in mind, it does cost a tremendous amount to raise a child these days. I mean, it used to be, you know, $100,000, then it became $200,000, $300,000 or more. But, you know, children are expensive. And I'm sure that you can attest to that, right, Jake? I can, yeah. And, uh, you know, people make fun of me because I didn't have my my son was not born until I was 27. 27? Like, like you kind of you got a late start there. I was like, well, I had to make sure I was financially prepared. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My son is, uh, you know, he is in his middle 30s, and and, and, you know, and they waited just to make sure that they were financially sound and that they could do the things that they wanted. So anyway, a uh, young fellow's name is Gavin, is uh, in the world today. We wish him all the best. Gavin is going to see the turn to the 21st, or actually not the 21st century because we're in it now, but he will see 2100. We're talking about taxes with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. We've been talking about uh, Roth IRAs. The 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, when does that expire? Well, there's a sunset provision at 2025 unless, uh, of course, it's extended or it probably will be revamped would be my guess between now and then. But yeah, you know, right now the estate tax... Everybody has an estate tax exclusion up to around $23 million that a husband and wife can give away at about half that, or exactly half that for a single. So there's a lot of people today, if they're going to have an estate tax problem, because it looks like, you know, it could go back to as low as maybe $5 million from that 23 
for a couple, you know. So a lot of people that have sizable estates, we're doing planning today to help them lock in some of those uh, estate taxes where they're not going to have to pay. We're going to lock in the exclusion ratio that we have today. Yeah, at, 20, at 22, 25 million in this area, there's not a ton of people that are going to be subject to that. But even at five million, by the time you factor in some of this ridiculous real estate cost, you know, if you have yeah. a farm that's been in the family a while, I mean, you could be knocking on the door of that before you count any of your uh, other more liquid assets. I mean, so it sounds like a big number, but um, it's going to affect more people than you might think. Well, as you said, we're at a historically low tax rate right now, but things certainly we think are going to be changing in the future. And I think of a fellow, he was an actor, he became a president, maybe you've heard of him, Ronald Reagan. And back when he was a movie actor, where you know, talking about taxes, he would only make two pictures a year because two pictures, and it didn't take as long to make movies in those days as they do today, but with two pictures, he would make $200,000. He made $100,000 per picture. But after that, he didn't work at all because with the federal tax rate in his day and the state of California tax rate, he was paying 100% in taxes if he made more than two pictures a year. So there was a reason why Mr. Reagan did not work more. Do you think that rising tax rates like this will have a negative impact on people just wanting to work because they don't want to pay the taxes? Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing, you know, I'm just about to pay my taxes and I'll tell you, it's it's painful. Oh, yeah. And it's, I know it's painful for a lot of Americans. You bet. You know, if you aren't careful, you put so much on the engine that pretty soon the engine will die. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, when people go out and work and they, they spend their time, their money, their blood, their sweat, their tears, they stay away from family, they work hard, and then they get slapped upside the head with this big tax bill, I mean, pretty soon you're like, uh, why? I'm not sure that this is worth it. Yeah, I liken it, a lot of times I liken it to a football team. If you think about, you got 11 guys allowed on the field, right? Mm -hmm. So usually you have a few guys that are really carrying the team, right? And maybe you have a couple of guys that are not pulling their weight. So let's say out of the 11, you have two guys that are not pulling their weight. Well, in the United States, it's more like six out of the 11 pay mm -hmm. zero. So you literally have one or two of the, of the people on the, on the field carrying the weight of everybody else. And that is a recipe for potential disaster. I mean, you have to have, you know, we don't use... People that pay taxes don't use the road more than other people that don't. And there's a lot of things out there that are, you know, between the school system and just all the different taxes, you know. I think there ought to be some kind of a consideration for what we're using involved here, too, instead of just kind of blanketly paying for everybody. I'm sure there's some taxpayers out there that I can get an amen from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, amen. Yeah. Amen there, brother. <laughs> I heard what you're saying. We're talking with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. We've been talking about tax minimization strategies and important part of a comprehensive retirement plan. Once again, if you'd like your plan, your review, maybe you've got a financial advisor, you're looking for a second look at your plan. Maybe you don't have a plan. You want one of those. Not going to cost you one thin dime to get that one from Floyd Financial Group. To get your complimentary plan, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online, of course, at the website floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with the final portion of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. If you're like most Americans, health care is expected to be one of your largest expenses in retirement. 
Healthcare costs will likely consume a large portion of your retirement budget, and you need a plan for that. This is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. The pandemic has been hard on Americans nearing and in retirement, but there are likely other obstacles coming. It's crucial to have a comprehensive retirement plan for the future because the pandemic won't be the last retirement challenge you'll face. Between rising health care costs and the fact that an estimated 70% of today's retirees will need long-term care, overall costs could be much higher. At Floyd Financial Group, we'll work to create a comprehensive retirement plan that factors in all these expenses. We take the time to thoroughly explore your retirement needs, no matter what stage of life you're in. Call Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 and learn about our complete retirement investment strategy. That's 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd. And uh, in this segment, we're going to talk about inflation, everybody's favorite topic, oh and everybody's probably been beat to death with it, but we're going to hit it one more time. Yeah, I tell you, you cannot help but notice inflation, especially when I go to the gas pump guys. Boy, these oil prices are way up. I've heard $100 a barrel for uh, oil, but the price of everything is going up as far as, you know, even the supermarket. Every place you go seems to be tugging at your wallet just a little bit more. Inflation was reported in January 7.5%. And now, I'm not sure that it's going to stay that way for a long period of time. Historically, here in the past couple of years, we've seen inflation around 2%, a little over 2%, something like that. So how do you factor in inflation when we don't know exactly what it's going to be? How do you factor that into a retirement plan? That's a really good question, Jeff. And so, you know, as we sit down and we talk to people and we're starting to formulate budgets and things of that, of that nature, what I always want to know is what is your bare bones sustenance living cost? In other words, what does it cost you just to keep the lights on, keep your family fed like Uncle Jed used to on yeah. Beverly Hillbillies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, what does that cost? And then what do you want for fun money and spending money in retirement? Once we divide those two things out, it helps give people a really clear picture of where they are. And really, you know, inflation, you know, we can't control what that's going to look like. I do want to go down the road here in a minute and tell you that I do think while it's not been a popular opinion, I think inflation is somewhat transitory still. And uh, there are those that say, no, this is here to stay unless we jack interest rates to the moon like Paul Volcker did back in 1980. I don't think that that's the case at all. We have a much different demographic today that we, than we had back then, where basically we have some deflationary pressures that are going to start to mount. But really, a lot of this is the result of a lot of money printing, a lot of stimulus into the marketplace. And then I think the biggest, one of the biggest contributors, of course, is COVID and the supply chain issues. You know, Jeff, if there is, uh, you know, oranges are plentiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to be in the food business. So let me just say this. When produce in general, whether it's apples, lettuce, tomatoes, potatoes, onions, whatever it is, when produce is plentiful, it's when it's the cheapest. Right. And when it's short and when it's the ugliest in the produce <laughs> business, when it's no good is when it's the highest. It's simply a supply and demand issue. I really do believe that if we can get the supply chains back open and running, that we will see some of this inflationary pressure subside and we'll kind of get back to a more normal setup. And, and I think that, you know, the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, also thinks the same thing. I think he's a pretty smart man. He kind of gets beaten to death by the media. 
But uh, it's a pretty I think, thankless job. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. true. He has a thankless job there. That's for sure. But uh, I think a lot of this is transitory. So hang on to your booties, children. I think it's going <laughs> to get better. <laughs> and you know, I, nobody likes this. This is not fun. I know my natural gas bill is up probably 50, 60 percent from what it was a year ago. And I know yeah. that there's some other people that have it even worse than that. But uh, I do think that you know it's warming up now. The sun is starting to shine, and I think uh, we're going to get this behind us. So we know that inflation is here, 7.5%, as I said, in January, but we're thinking that it's going to correct itself, certainly here in the not-too-distant future. So with all that in mind and with it having been, you know, a little over 2% in the past, what sort of figure do you use to factor in people's retirement plans, their spending plans for inflation? Yeah, so right now, again, historically, if we look back at it over the last 40 years or so, you're right. You know, inflation was around two and a half to three percent. We're in this window right now. And of course, that included some of the 80s in there as well when inflation was high before. Right now, you know, it's hard to predict what inflation is going to look like. And we have to really factor in, you know, it could be five or six percent for a while. But again, long term, it will come back under control. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's a lot of people thinking that inflation is going to run six, seven percent for the next 30 years, which is just simply not possible given the demographics, people retiring, the baby boomers exiting, there not being enough kids to replace them. You know, I think that three is still probably a healthy number to look at, although the next year or two could be in the six to seven range. I think over the next 30 years, it'll be below three, uh, could be significantly below three. But yeah, we just have to understand that this is all supply side related. All this inflation that we're having, or almost all of it, is related to goods. And even the wage inflation is related to the backup in goods. And so as things what do all these companies want to do right now while prices are high? They want to sell as much as possible, right? Right. That's the beauty of the free market is when prices are high, everybody ramps up production to do what? Because they want to sell it, make a profit. But what does it actually do? It creates more supply, which then brings prices back down. That's the, the ebb and flow of the free markets. So someone is uh, sitting there at home today or maybe they're, you know, in their car, they're thinking about going home and figuring this out. And they're thinking to themselves, okay, I need $6,000 a month to live on today. If I add 3% to that, I'm going to be at $6,180 for next year. Would it be a safe assumption to just keep adding 3% to that every year and figure that you're, you know, going to be retired for 25 years and, you know, get, a, get an accurate figure that way? Or is that just not accurate enough? Well, that's certainly something that you could do. Generally speaking, what ends up happening is if you were to go out and and just surf the web today and look at all of what I would call the financial gurus out there, they would tell you that based on the fact that interest rates have been low for so long, there used to be this thing called the 4% rule, Jeff, and that was whatever your retirement nest egg is, you start that. So let's say it's a million dollars, you know you can draw 4% or $40,000 a year, and then you can adjust that for inflation. Well, looking each year, just kind of like what you did. So by starting at that 4% withdrawal amount, you know, and and people say, well, so I I got 4% and I add 4%. No, no, no. You add 4% inflation to your 4%, which is 16 basis points. 4.16 is what you withdraw the next year. Then 4.35 and then 
4.5. That is certainly a workable solution. And here's the thing. Again, Jake was talking about, you know, how has inflation looked historically? One of the things that I, I was just looking at here, you know, if we look back from 1914 to 1922, you know, we've had some high inflationary times in there. But I'm telling you, over the last decade, inflation has been under 2%. In 2017, it was 2.13. It was 0.87 in 2016. So, We've had a lot of really low inflation as well out there. So, you know, you want some inflation. In fact, the Fed's mandate is what? 2% is what they want to see. And the reason you want inflation a little bit is because you want to buy a house. And let's say for ease of figuring, you can't do this where you live, I know. But if you were buying a house for $100,000, do you want it to be worth less next year or slightly more? Well, you want it to be worth slightly more. You want a slightly inflationary environment. People say, well, you know, if, if things are getting inflated and going up, I want to be able to keep pace with inflation. Well, as money comes into the system and inflationary pressures pump things up, the best place to go is generally been to the stock market or something that benefits based on what the stock market is doing. Because as companies grow and produce and do business and their stock values go up, you get to participate in some of those gains as well. So for retirees, again, you know, looking at your investment strategies and what you're doing there is the best way to really figure out how you're doing against inflation. We've been talking about inflation with Randy and Jacob Floyd Financial Group. It uh, should be factored into your retirement plan. Once again, for your complimentary retirement plan with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group, local firm right here in Springfield, call 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, out of time for this week, I want to thank you so much for spending your weekend morning with me. I want to thank our listeners for doing the same as well, too. For Randy and Jake. I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSTF, where Springfield comes to talk. And now it's time for Show Me the Money, the financial radio talk feature brought to you by Floyd Financial Group. Taxes, estate planning, health care, Medicare, insurance, and legacy. That's Floyd Financial Group. Now, here's Randy Floyd. For most of us, taxes is our biggest single expense. Federal income taxes alone can grab one out of every $3. And hey, newsflash, with the trillions of dollars of debt we're racking up, they're likely to go up. And a lot. In the 1980s, federal income taxes took as much as seven out of every $10. So if you've invested well and you're thinking about retiring anytime soon, you're going to want to maximize the amount of income you have so you can enjoy the lifestyle you want. The right investment strategy today will benefit you tomorrow, and that includes tax planning. I founded Floyd Financial Group with the desire to offer a complete retirement and investment strategy and a passion to make it as simple as it is comprehensive. You should know that the right financial team on your side could literally add hundreds of thousands of dollars of income throughout your lifetime. If you'd like a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation, in-person or virtual visit with Randy Floyd to see what a comprehensive plan could do for you, call Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 or request it at floydfinancialgroup.com. You did your part by working hard and saving hard. Our team is here to help you keep more of what you've earned. We think everyone deserves the kind of care and service and access that has generally been reserved for the super wealthy. That includes a plan to reduce your taxes, and that's where we come in. 
Call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 for your complimentary in-person or virtual visit. Accessible, comprehensive financial planning designed to be made easy and tailored just for you. That's 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. 